Amen. I want you to look with me. You can look on the screen or in your Bible. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a real familiar scripture. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus speaking, and he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, the wonderful thing is, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, you and I, this is the only scripture you need to memorize as far as a rule, okay, or a commandment. This is it. I mean, how many like that? It's better than the Old Testament. They got not the Ten Commandments and a bunch of little things that were added to it all over the place. And we have one, (laughs) one, that we are to love one another as He loved us. That's it. That's all we got to remember. This is what we could call the royal law of love, and it is the only commandment we have, a direct commandment in the New Testament. When you and I as a believer walk in the love of God, the Bible says that we fulfill all the law. So all we have to do is walk in the love of God that He gave us, and as we do that, we don't really have to be concerned about other things, right? I mean, how many know stealing is wrong, right? Stealing from a brother or sister in Christ is wrong, but if I love them, I'm not going to steal from them, right? I'm not going to gossip about someone if I love someone, right? I'm not going to cheat on something if I love people, right? So if we walk in love, if we keep that before us all the time and we're aware of the love of God in us, guess what it's going to do? It's going to slow you down in doing something that's wrong. You can almost look at it as preventative care, preventative maintenance. It's going to help you uh, walk in the path you should be walking, uh, the righteousness that the Lord gave us. Because If we walk in love, it curbs a lot of things in our life. What it is is when we're not thinking about the love of God, when we're not talking about it, when we're not not concerning ourselves about it, it's easy to walk away from it. All right, And that's when we make mistakes. But if you're real conscious, you're not going to say this, for example, I love God, and He loves me, and I love people. I just, Lord, I love people. Love, I, I, I love people. And then go cheat on something. You're not going to do that, but you're conscious, you're aware. How many of you know you need to be reminded of what you already know a lot? Isn't it easy? Just this morning, my wife and I, I mean, had, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like, <laughs> you know, and I told her, I says, you don't know what I'm going to talk about today. And she said, you're probably going to tell me and then point it out to me. You know, and I'm like, no, I'm talking about both of us. And I said, I'm going to talk about love. That just pours cold water over the whole situation right there. I mean, and I'm like, it's amazing to me when the Lord stirs me up about something like this. It's like I might as well just get ready because trouble's coming on the horizon to test me. It's going to challenge me. You know, it happens every single time. I'm not kidding you, even to the preacher. All right. And so we finally get over it, and we were cool, and we were fine, you know. But it's funny how every single time, like clockwork, uh, if you get on a certain subject, that's exactly where you get challenged on. I promise, before the day's over, you're married. Might as well get ready. Strap it on, Jack. 
Because you're going to have a problem because it's going to come and it's going to test you. I'm telling you, Larry and everybody else, you know. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. And so uh, you might as well be ready now. <laughs> Praise God. But say this with me. Love never fails. Never quits. Never fades away. Isn't that good? It never quits. It never gets. So what if we fought? We forgive. We make up. Life is better. We move on. Amen? It's not, guys, a matter of, did you make a mistake? Did you get it corrected? Jesus knew we were going to make mistakes. That's why he paid for our sin. And then what? He took care of it by saying, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he said this, if you say you haven't sinned, you are a liar. So what does that mean? Say it with me. I might sin, I didn't plan to sin, but I might sin, all right? And Jesus made a way, right? He did, he made a way, because we're going to make mistakes. He knew it. He told us, if you walk around saying that you just never, ever have an issue with anything, you are a liar. I mean, (laughs) and so we need to be aware that he made a way for us to correct things easily, without losing a bunch of stuff on the way. Amen? And the faster you repent, the faster you get it taken care of, the faster things get in the right direction. In fact, that's a good measure of your maturity in the Lord. How fast can you get over something if someone offended you? Does it take you a month? Does it take you three weeks? Or does it take you ten minutes? Or a minute? You know, the faster you can get over it, the faster you can say, I forgive my let go and it's done. The, it shows your maturity. How fast you can, how fast you repent when you make a mistake shows your maturity. How, you don't just take forever whining about it and sulking about it and feeling bad about it and, and just laying in the sludge like that. You say, no, I need a bath and I need it now. I got muddy. You know, my wife's not going to let me go out and play in the mud, then just walk in the house and just slosh it all over the place. She's going to say, clean up. Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. When you get muddy, and life sometimes muddies us, situations sometimes muddy us, then what you need to do is just get quickly cleaned up. How do you get cleaned up? First John 1, 9. Amen? And then it's all done and over with. Why am I talking about this? I don't know why, so we must need it. Amen? Because that's not in my message, but praise God. God's good to us. Amen? All right, so I want you to notice something. If you could bring those verses back up, 34 and 35, the first one. I want you to notice something very closely, okay? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Everybody say, love one another. Now notice this, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Everybody say, love one another. Now notice again, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you... Love one another. You think the Lord is trying to get a message across? If you love one another, love one another, love one another. (laughs) In other words, what is he saying? Everybody say it. Love one another. You think it's important to the Lord. It is very important. Very important. And number one, he gave us a command to do it. But notice how he keeps on emphasizing something. Over and over, and just two sentences, three times. That is a big red flash. Hey, pay attention. You've got to love one another. 
loving one another is absolutely vital and important to our life as a believer. To walk in the life of God, as you'll see as we move on. Now, we also notice in there that Jesus said we're to love one another as he loved us. So who's the standard for this love that we're to love one another? Jesus set the standard, and man, did he set a standard. How many would agree with you? I mean, no one has done better than Jesus. I mean, he, I just think for a moment the things he has done for us. He went to the cross for us. He was beaten and whipped for us. He was separated from his father. That's why he cried out, remember? And he was like, Father, you're gone. He went to hell on our behalf. I mean, think of all that he did. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't need to. Jesus wasn't, listen to me, Jesus did not have a sin problem. He didn't need to do those things for himself. He did them for you and I. That is an expression of love that is beyond almost what we can comprehend. We don't get it. I mean, he didn't owe it to us. He didn't have to. He did it because he wanted to. Amen? He wanted to. And that is the love with which we are to love one another. Easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, anybody have any... We'll use pain in the neck, okay? You use your imagination on something else. Anybody got a pain in the neck person in their life? My wife's like, yes, you, right up there. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) She didn't do that. (laughs) Uh, But I'm sure I am sometimes. But what I'm saying is, does anybody, seriously, raise your hand. If there's someone in your life that's difficult to love, hard to love, challenging to love, no one wants to raise their hand, huh? You know, I'm not, I don't know who it is, but probably every single person in here has someone that's very difficult. They, the other person makes it hard on you. I mean, they don't make it easy on you to love them. But you know what? We are capable of that. No matter who they are, the worst person in the world, we are capable of loving. Let's look back again at John 13, 34, if we could put that up. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now I want you to, I want us to focus on the commandment part. We have a command to love. If Jesus is our Lord, is he in charge of our life? Say this with me, all right? Say, Jesus is the boss of me, okay? He is Lord, not just in words, he is Lord, okay? He is the master. He is in charge, okay? So for a moment, let's focus on that. We serve the Lord Jesus, and he gave us a command. One command, all right? Now that word command, I looked this up. That word command means to require authoritatively, to direct with specific authority, to demand. So in other words, a command, listen carefully, a command is a specific directive, not an option. Anybody in the military, you, you guys served in the military, you served, didn't you? I mean, it, do, you, do you get an option to go ahead and, and uh, the sergeant gives you an order, do you get to discuss it? You know, 
It's not up for discussion. In other words, what I'm trying to say is this. It is a requirement for full obedience. You must do what you were told. Our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave you and I a command to love one another. This command is not an option. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. It's not anything. We can't get a group together and start narrowing things down. It is a command. Say it with me. It is a command. Okay? It is a command. It is not an option. You might say, well, I don't feel like I could love that person. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know the background. That's irrelevant. I don't care how you feel. The Lord, listen to me carefully, the Lord Jesus Christ does not care how you feel about it. And that's a, oh, the Lord doesn't care how I feel about it. Not in that one area. Why? Because he gave you a command to love one another, not as you see fit, not your standards, him. Remember, we are to love one another as who? Has he loved us? So we look at Jesus and say, that is how we are to love one another. See, we like to put conditions on love. We like to, especially if it's someone that we don't care for, someone that has, has wronged us, someone that has hurt us, we say, well, I'll love them if. Now, you might not vocalize the if. You might keep it inside, but you're looking for excuses not to. And see, what we have to do is remove all that and say, wait a minute now. I am to love one another as he loved me, period. That's not an option. Now, I I might have to work through that some, but ultimately, I must what? Obey the command. Obey the command to love one another. What I'm trying to say is this, is that some might even pray, Lord, give me more love so that I can love them. Give me an overwhelming burden to love them. What you're saying is, Lord, override everything about me and make me do it. And that's not going to happen. God's not going to override your will. You have a choice. I know that sometimes we wish we didn't. (laughs) It would be easier if the Lord just forced us into it. He just did it. But then we're no more than puppets on a string. We're no more than just being manipulated and controlled, and that is not God. He didn't do it with Adam and Eve, and he's not going to do it with you. He is a, I mean, he is so good. He is so wonderful. He is so thoughtful in everything that he does towards us and wants the best for us, but we still have to do some things. Say, i got to walk in love. Some of you didn't say it. Say, I have to walk in love. (laughs) Listen to me. If you pray, Lord, give me more love. If you pray, Lord, give me a stronger desire. Give me an overwhelming burden. I'm going to tell you this right now. God is not going to answer that prayer. It's not scriptural. He's never, you want answers to your prayers, you pray according to the word. And if it isn't in the word, don't bother with it. Or if you're trying to twist things. The fact is, he's not going to answer that prayer simply because it's not scriptural. The believer, listen carefully, the believer. Say, I'm a believer. Everybody in here is a believer. 
the believer needs to simply obey the command of love. Just do it. Now, here's the deal. How you feel makes no difference about it. If God says we're to love each other, then we're to love each other as he loves us, and that's what we're going to do. But we might have to love by faith. Now, this is where some people say, see, I told you you had to cop out. You bring that faith thing in here, and you use that as a kind of a, you know, a way to, to kind of get around things. No, what is faith? Faith is trusting in God no matter how I feel about something, right? Faith is believing and trusting in the Lord regardless of how I feel about it or what I see. That is an optimal thing mixed with love. Because sometimes it's really hard to love what I see. It's really hard to love how they reacted or what they did to me. But if I love by faith, I'm obeying that command and I'm trusting you, Lord, even if I'm not necessarily mentally liking it a whole lot, I'm going to love. And I'm going to love the way you love, no matter what that situation is. In other words, faith doesn't operate by how it feels, what it sees. Faith simply trusts and acts on God's word. And we were told in his word to love, period. He commanded that a believer in Jesus is to love one another. Now, let me, I want to add something. God would be unjust to require us to do something we can't. And there are some people that would say, Lord, I can love this person, this person, this person, this, but I can't love that one. They molested so-and-so. That's a hot topic when it comes to something like that. You don't know what they did to me. They hurt a member of my family. I just can't forgive them. Did Jesus forgive everyone? If he can, we can. See, what I need to explain to you is, you might say, well, that's the love of God. In other words, God can love at that level, but I can't. What we need to understand is that God's love has been given to us at the new birth. All right? He moved in our spirit. Remember this. God is love, 1 John tells us. He's not just about love. He doesn't just love. He is love. He is love. And when you received Jesus and got born again, became a new creation, He moved in in you or i should say his nature moved in you all right that means that love nature is inside you right now let me prove it to you romans chapter 5 verse 5 we're going to read the new living the latter part of the verse uh, you'll see here just the latter part for we know how dearly god loves us Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. In other words, the Holy Spirit moved in. The Spirit of God moved in our hearts. And God's love is now our love. What we need to realize is all we got to do is tap into it. We can love the most unlovely. What did Jesus say when one slaps you on the cheek? Do you give him a right cross? What did He say? Let him hit the other. In other words, what he's saying, sacrifice for the greater good. Sacrifice for that person that might see the love of God in you and get on their knees and receive Jesus because they're like, how can you forgive me? Forgiveness, guys, is powerful. Not only for the person that needs forgiveness, but also you that you forgave. 
You see, we think somehow with forgiveness, and I don't want to get up the subject, we can put someone else in a cage. I'm not going to forgive them. And you know what you did to yourself? You put yourself in prison. See, they could be free, got right with the Lord, did all those things, but you say, I'm just going to hold that power over them. And you're really only hurting yourself. I'm telling you guys, if the Bible says God never fails because love never fails, how many believe he's more successful, his way of living is better than ours, better than humans, right? And so if we walk in love, we have the potential to never fail. I'm telling you guys, it's powerful. It really is powerful. He commanded us to walk in that love. So I said to you, it would be unjust for God to require us to do something we're not capable of. But we are capable of because he filled us with his love. So this morning, real quickly, I want to, and we'll probably take this up next week, I want to talk to you about how can we increase the love that we have towards others. How can we do that? Say this with me. Say, I am filled with the love of God. Now let's say it again like we mean it this time. Say, I am filled with the love of God. All right? That's something you need to repeat consistently. And again, probably before the day's over, you'll be challenged on this. Challenge will come. So if you'll say this multiple times, it'll make you conscious of it, and you'll do better, amen, than you would otherwise if you just kind of let it go. So stir yourself up. As we said, God lives in us. So let's look at that a little closer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. But concerning brotherly love, that's the love we're supposed to have for one another, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves, notice this, are taught by God to love one another. Did you notice that? The scripture says we have been taught by God to love one another. How did God teach us to love one another? How did he teach you? He taught you by the Spirit of God, the Word of God. His very nature is inside you. In other words, you desire to do good from the inward man. You don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to steal from anybody. You don't want to cheat from anybody. You want to do right. You want to be a blessing. You want to act like Him. That's His nature. That's that love nature inside us. That's how He taught us. Verse 10. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Now what's the subject here? Loving one another, right? Loving outwards. He's saying right here, I urge you, brethren, increase more and more in that. Increase more and more. We want to increase more and more in what? In our love towards one another. That love can increase. It can grow and develop. Our love for God and others can increase and become stronger. As you grow in the Lord, as you develop the love that you have in you, you don't have any right to ask for more. God's not going to give you more. All right, You have all the love that you're ever going to need for eternity inside you right now. The problem is you don't always exercise that love. You're not doing something with that love. You're not actively using that love. And the more you walk in love, the more you can increase that love. In other words, you get stronger at it. And the more you use it, the easier it is to use. That's why I say as you grow in the Lord, as you mature, it's easier for you to walk in love. 
it's easier for me. I, I'll give you an example. Anybody here ever been offended by anybody in your entire life? Okay, raise both hands, foot, whatever else you got, because it's happened many times. But as you grow in the Lord, as you increase in the love of God, it rolls off of you faster. It, it, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about what you think about me. I'm concerned about what he thinks about me. If I'm walking in love and I'm being a doer of the word, yes, I care about people, but I'm not going to live my life by their gossip or their backbiting or their opinion. And I'm not going to let it weigh me down. But I remember when I was younger in the Lord, somebody else's opinion could hurt and hurt bad. It would almost make me stumble, almost make me not do something because of what someone else said. That doesn't happen anymore. Dear Lord, where would I be as a preacher if I worried about what everybody thought? Because you're all thinking something sometimes. That might have been the worst message that preacher ever taught. You know? Well, guess what? I don't really want to know that, okay? But the fact is, is that the fact is, is that everybody's got their opinion. You've seen me make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? You've seen little things here and there. But the fact is, you had enough about you and the love of God that you say, well, that's not that important. I don't need to bring that up. I don't need to gossip about it. I don't need to get a group together and say, let's talk about our pastor's faults. That's how you get splits in churches. That's how you get real messed up things. The fact is, what do we do? We look at it this way. We all live in a glass house. Don't throw rocks. Right? We all live in a glass house. We're, we're all, we're not perfect. We're growing, right? We're developing. What we're concerned about is that we keep on moving forward. I'm not worried if you made a little mistake. My old pastor used to say all the time, listen, everybody's got flesh. <laughs> and flesh sometimes causes us to do dumb things. I mean, you ever get angry and bite someone's head off and then immediately regret it? Well, you might have been regretting it while you were doing it, but you couldn't stop yourself. You're just, and you're just, you know, maybe hangry, whatever your excuse is, and you're, you're going at it, and you're saying things you ordinarily wouldn't say, and you want to shut it off, but you can't. And then immediately afterwards, you feel bad, man, why did I say that? That was so dumb, you know? Well, you know, the Bible says what? The Bible says love covers sins. That means when someone makes a mistake around us, we don't have to rehash it. We don't have to go over it. If it was a small, insignificant thing, Father, I just love them and I just forget about it in Jesus' name. And guess what? It doesn't have to be an issue. It's no big deal. So someone blew up and went off. (gasps) Well, let's not judge them because we've all done it, right? I mean, why not? Why are we so shocked, you know? Amen? Amen. We all make mistakes, so if we give room for those mistakes, if we just let it go. You know, Larry and I used to work real closely together a lot, and there was a lot of opportunity in situations where, you know, it was hot, it was, we were tired, we were hungry, and you might say something, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, there were several times he would call me, and he would say, hey, uh, Pastor Ken, I, I wanted to apologize for what I said. And I'm like, I didn't think a thing about it. In other words, I'm serious. <laughs> I said, I remember the situation, but I'm, it's love. I'm not, it's just covered. Don't worry about it. I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to think about it. Why? Because we just need to let go. That's walking in love. Amen? If we learn to do that, we'd save ourselves a lot of time and effort. Amen? 
but we want to increase. Let's look at the New Living version of the same set of scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, and 10. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. Why? For God himself has taught you to love one another. His nature is our nature to love one another. Indeed, now look at this in verse 10. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Now, what does it mean, show them? I believe in this case, they were expressing their love by probably donating finances and food and help and recovery items to their their neighboring Christians in another area. And what, what they're saying, he's saying, don't stop. Grow in that love. In other words, show that love. How do, we, how do we express love? Well, a lot of the times we show that love. We, we literally, by giving, by being a blessing, what's the first thing God did when man was in trouble? Remember? For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave, and he gave the best he had. The best he had. In the world's mindset, that doesn't make sense, does it? If someone walks away from you in the world, what do you do? Well, good riddance. <laughs> get out of here. I get a fresh start. I don't have to pay for that anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. But that wasn't God's attitude, was it? He loved us so much, he chased us down. He loved us so much that even while we were still sinners, while we were still mocking him and picking him and nailing him to a cross, he loved us anyway. He could see right through that. He wasn't going to be moved. You've heard me say this before. You ought to write this down. I've got to think about it. Lord brought it up my spirit. It's not in my head. Oh, here it is. I love you. You can't hurt me. Write it down. I love you. You can't hurt me. <laughs> see, in other words, I love you. L- you. Write this down too. Thank you, Lord. Love requires no response love requires no response love requires no response i don't need a response from you see some people say well i'll love you if you love me i'll love you if you do this i'll love you and let you back in if you act a certain way god's love is this guys listen carefully god's love is i love you period I love you no matter what you do. I love you. You can spit at me. You can ridicule me. You can pick on me. You can do whatever you want. I love you. I love you. That's why even the love of God is even in hell. You can't escape the Spirit of God and the love of God. He loves us. Amen? Say it with me. God loves me. I'm telling you, He loves us no matter what. Isn't that beautiful? No matter what. And boy, I tell you, I've given him a lot of what's and matters. (laughs) I mean, even in my own thought life, sometimes I can come up with a bunch of stuff. And yet he loves me, period. And that's how we are to love one another. Not I'll love you if you respond and be nice to me. I'll love you if you do this. No, I love you, period. 
And that is expressed through actions. We'll look at that more next week. But I want you to see that. God has taught us and is continuing to teach us how to walk in the love of God that he placed in our hearts. He's teaching us again through his spirit, his word. Listen carefully to the statement. We don't have to pray for more of the love of God. We simply need to develop ourselves in the love and act on it that we already have. We don't need to ask God, oh God, give me a burden for this. Give me an overwhelming desire for this. We just need to act on the word, period. And he'll connect with us. God says that we're filled with his love and we're told to love one another, so we simply need to obey his word. So let's look real quickly as about how do we pray about love? How can we increase and grow? And we're told, again, not to pray for more love, but we can grow and develop in the love that we already have. All right, Our love can abound. Everybody say abound. Now, abound, what does it mean? Abound means to thrive, to flourish, to grow, to increase. That's what our love can do. It can grow. It can increase. Um, look with me in Ephesians chapter 3. This is a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. Okay, Please look at this fresh. Some of you could read this and say, I've seen that a thousand times, preacher. And, and just kind of, I know that one. No, you don't know everything. How many believe you don't know everything? Amen. How many believe that we can look at the same scripture a million times and God could teach us something about it? Amen. Because, you know, God is, woo, and we're, there's nothing you can do to impress him by saying, why? Well, I've memorized the entire book of Ephesians. And the Lord's like looking at you like a two-year-old who tried to draw outside the circles, you know, in the circles. I mean, whoopee, you know, compared to God. He's so big. You realize, I mean, Joe is getting a pretty good, you know, impression of that. I guarantee you he is overwhelmed. I mean, just, like I said, any, doesn't the Bible say, listen, doesn't the Bible say that God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that we can ask or imagine can you imagine i mean how big no you can't exactly i mean you can stretch yourself as much as you want and it's huge for all eternity there is not going to be one boring moment I mean, there's so much to learn. There's so much to do. And I mean, God is so much bigger than we could possibly imagine. And this is an expression of it right here, trying to, the Lord, help us by the Holy Spirit to get a hold of this thing with God. So look with me, Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14. This, again, is a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer for us to pray for others and ourselves, okay? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth, but it's one family, notice, one family, and heaven and earth is named, that he would, look at the prayer, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So his spirit inside us that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Now, I want you to notice where the prayer begins to change a little bit. Look at closely. You did all this that you, being rooted and grounded in love. Everybody say, rooted and grounded in love. What are we talking about? We want deep roots in love. We want 
love is everything. Why is love everything? Why is love so important? Everybody say it with me. God is love. To know God is to know His love. If you don't know His love, you don't know God. You may be related to Him. You may be connected to Him, but you really don't know Him. Didn't Jesus say that? Remember, I never knew you. I never knew you. And there was, there was some disciples, he was saying, I never knew you. Why? He didn't know them intimately. He didn't know them. They, we might be, can you be related to someone but not know them? Right? You can be related to God but not know love. And if you don't know that, you might be full of that love, but you're not, you don't know it. You haven't, what we're about to read, delved into it and, and wanted it and grasped it and let it operate in your life. Let it control everything. Let it be everything to you. Then you really don't know God. So watch this. He says here, look at uh, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, look at verse 18, because we're rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend or understand with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know, why do we want this? To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. What does that mean? It passes human understanding. Human understanding does not get it. It's too big. How many believe God is big? He is love. Love is huge. Love is enormous. I mean, love is beyond understanding the love of God. And he's saying here, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, why do we need to grow in love and understand it? Why? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many want to be filled with all the fullness of God? How do we be filled with all the fullness of God? Remember, who is God? He is love. Love is the beginning and end all for us. Love is everything. God's love is our life. It is everything to us. And we want to grow in it. We want to gain understanding. We want to walk at a higher level. And the closer we are to walking in love, the love of God all the time, what are we really doing? We're getting closer and closer to Him. Amen? Closer and closer to Him. The, um, I don't want to do that. Lord, I'll, we'll do it next week, Lord. I don't want to get ahead of myself. There's something He brought up. Philippians 1.9. Look here. Well, man, I'll tell you, I got... Boom. <laughs> I don't like the clock. Philippians 1.9. Let's go there. Philippians 1.9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Are there things that we can grow in in the things of God, right? How many of you know it all? How many of you know a thimble amount? <laughs> you know, a little, I mean, in other words, compared to what there is to know, there's so much to know. And he's saying we can grow in this, right? We can grow in it. We want to grow. We want to increase. We want to abound in it. Look with me at 1 Thessalonians 3.12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. 
Does the Lord want us to increase and abound in love? Amen. He wants us to increase and abound in love. That's who he is. That's who he is. And so we want to increase and abound in love. We grow. We want to walk in the fullness of God. Everything that he has. I'm telling you guys, the closer we walk in the love of God, there is a greater level in life we can experience. I, I give an example. John, not John the Baptist, okay? John the disciple of Jesus. Remember the one Jesus gave his mom to? Remember when he was on the cross? He said, John, this is your mom. Mom, this is your son, okay? So he was going to be in charge. Well, later on, John ended up, remember, uh, when we read the end of the Bible, we find John in the Isle of Patmos, and they exiled him, okay? At one, at one point, they tried to boil this man in oil, okay? And if you get oil hot enough and you put people in it, what would happen? You'd kill him. You'd boil him in oil. They boiled him in oil, but the problem was he wouldn't boil. Now, one of the things John is famous for is his love for God, the level that he walked in the love of God. If you read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and you really ask the Lord to show you the love of God, you can see him sharing that love to a level that we, again, have a lot of room to grow in. And what I'm trying to say is, I really do believe he walked in so much love, they couldn't kill him. Now, could they ever have killed Jesus? What did Jesus say? I have permission from my Father to give my life. In other words, I lay down my life. You can't kill it. Now, who is Jesus? <laughs> the living, walking love of God manifested in the flesh. Think about that for a moment. Is there some power here that we could be walking in if we walk closer in the level, if we grow in our love for God and in our love to one another, walking in it, that we can experience that we're not experiencing now. I really do believe that, guys, that that is, the, the devil can't do anything with love. It, he's, he just, he can't get through it. Why? There's nothing to get through. We fulfilled all the law. There's no, there's no hole, so to speak, for him to get through if we walk in the love of God. But the key is to walk in the love of God. So right here, we've read in several verses about how we can pray about growing in our love and how we can develop. Our love can abound. Our love for others can grow. And one step towards abounding in the love of God is to pray the word of God concerning your love walk. So before we leave, I want to give you a quick example. So bring back Ephesians three fourteen and 19. Ephesians three fourteen and 19. I want you guys to follow along with me as I read this, but I make it personal, okay? So Ephesians chapter 3, let's, we're going to read it, okay, as if I were praying it myself. This is how I pray uh, this area of the Word of God, okay? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in my inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, 
that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. Philippians 1.9, if you'll pull that up, Philippians 1.9. I would continue in my prayers, and I do this a lot with this particular one, Philippians 1.9, Father, I pray that my love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. And 1 Thessalonians 3.12, And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for the increase in the love of God for me. Father, I thank you that I am abounding in my love to one another and to all in Jesus' name. In other words, all we're doing is taking these Holy Spirit-inspired prayers that are meant for you and I to pray. And allow the Lord to begin to work in our life. And pray it every day. Now what's going to happen when you pray it every day? You're going to be more conscious of walking in love. It's going to help you in every area of your life. You're conscious of walking in love. It'll help your marriage. It'll help your finances. It'll help every part of your life. Why? If you're you're walking in love, you'll watch your tongue. You won't say certain things. You'll be quick to forgive. Quick to release. Quick to bless. Because you're walking in love. And I'm telling you, how many believe Jesus was successful? In every level, no one walked in love better than him. So what are we to do? We're to mimic him. We're to be like him, right? We're to be like our heavenly father and walk in love. I just want to encourage you this morning to take those scriptures, to take these things, go back in the word of God. I encourage you over the next couple of weeks, read 1 John those five chapters in First John. But everywhere you get to where he talks about love, underline it or mark it. And you will see it all over the place. And then begin to keep on going over those areas. Memorize those scriptures. I'm telling you guys, it'll stir you up. Amen. Pray those prayers. Lord, help me to increase and grow in love. It is to your benefit. Amen. Again, the more we grow in love, what are we really doing? We're growing in our fellowship with the Father. And he doesn't mess around with darkness, does he? He doesn't mess around with anything outside love, right? And how many believe you could use more patience and kindness, right? (laughs) Isn't love what? Is patient and kind and so on and so forth. As you draw closer and you spend more time in it and you're confessing it and you're praying it, you're going to be more aware of it. And I'm telling you, you're going to benefit in every area of life.